1-800-141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a busy weekend across Scottish football. It's as you were at the top with Celtic beating Ross County by a goal to nil but some fans weren't happy with what they saw. Rangers had temporarily closed the gap with a win at St Mirren and now close in on two new signings and there were big wins for the likes of Dundee and Hearts as Livy and Aberdeen's woes continue. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Motherwell's Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. Well, we're now less than 80 hours from the transfer window slamming shut, as it always does. Rangers close to Jeff Day and Oscar Cortes after already getting Fabio Silva and Mohamed Diamandi. Celtic still looking to add to Nicholas Kuhn as they seek to defend the Premiership title. And Hearts have landed Jan Danda in a pre-contract and could do something similar with James Penrice. Now, I fully expect to see you, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL Thursday night Yellow ties here to 11.30pm. Yeah, Jan Danda and James Penrice, obviously Hearts have freed up some big money recently. Um, Andy, what did you make of the weekend's action? Uh, I made it was professional, why are you laughing? It's your big oh, money that they've freed up. You missed that. Oh, is that right? I missed, that, I missed that pun there. <laughs> it's your big contract that's been ripped up. Uh, well, it was, there was certainly some professional performances, but not pretty or sexy, as Philippe Clement would call them. Indeed. Certainly plenty of VAR drama that I can't wait to get into. With Mr Roger Hanna to my left of me as well and this is the last Monday I'll be doing before the transfer deadline if I'm not sitting here next week with Rangers and Celtic having a cup win the door I'd be amazed amazed he says what about you 01419511025 everything is underpinned by that transfer window at the moment I suppose so if you want to talk transfers targets rumours speculation we are here for you if you want to get a bit more specific about the games at the weekend Let's do that. Celtic fans, how do you feel? Because the open line on Saturday, if you had just turned on the radio, unaware of the scores, you would definitely have thought Celtic had lost. It had that feel about it. There was a lot of negativity. Uh, Is that right? Is it wrong? Is that about the high standards that are set? Is it an overreaction? How do you feel? Because there's been a lot said. And maybe to go back to that earlier point, is it actually all underpinned by the fact that you're not happy with transfers so far? Let us know. 0141 951 1025. Get your thoughts in. Rangers fans, as Andy and Philippe Clement said, it was not sexy. Is that fine? Do you just take those types of days on the road? Maybe a good three points come the end of the season. Is there anything specifically on the game you want to look out for? Give us a call. But I suspect more interestingly, uh, looking like Cortez and Jeffy, two new signings, they all seem to be sort of coming out of the blue, so to speak. Not in the building yet, but it looks like they're heading that way. How satisfied are you with the way Rangers appear to be going about their business? It was a good weekend for Dundee, a bad weekend for Livy. Aberdeen fans are grumbling. Motherwell just keep drawing all the time, as we'll get Andy Halliday's thoughts on as well. And if there's anything else we missed, 01419511025. To set the scene, result of the weekend, Roger... Result of the weekend, I'm going to go for Dundee. Um, I know Livingston are bottom of the league. I know that they've struggled this season. But Dundee, new to the league, if you can go away from home in the Premiership, score four goals, and the last two of those goals coming when they were down to ten men, I think Tony Doggerty would be pleased with his Saturday afternoon's work. Not loads of choices then that leaves you. What, what, it go, doesn't, know. What are you giving it? And listen, 
Mr Clement said it wasn't sexy but I'm going to put it in context for the week at hand after having three weeks off coming after the winter break obviously a tough pitch against Dumbarton but then going into very, two very tough away fixtures in, in Hibs and St Mirren to come away from it absolutely not pretty but vital three, uh, three points for Rangers OK, OK a goal of the weekend then I think you this did have prettier. good choices this is pretty, you go first going to be prettier, Roger. your serve Andy Halliday it's that man again Lauren Shankland oh, I think the type nice. of finish it was uh, it's a very very hard technique on its own but the fact it's a still ball and the fact that his body's still as well and he doesn't he has to generate all the power himself and the technique he showed to beat a good goalkeeper in Kelly Bruce what a finish it was I'll go to the other side of Edinburgh Joe Newell Hibernian in the 2-2 draw down with Kilmarnock at Rugby Park balling from the right and an exquisite finish with his right foot into the top corner it kick-started the Hibs comeback and it just shows he can operate with both feet unlike Gordon DL so it didn't come off his shin or his ankle have we been harsh don't detract him off that was a great finish very similar to James Cragen's last week Spartans in terms of type of technique fine I'm happy with that howler of the weekend I feel like we're really back all this winter break and Scottish Cup stuff a full card Scottish Premiership Saturday there were howlers who are you going you go first I'll go Lewis Palmer um, anybody can miss a penalty your pal Lon Shanklin's proved that recently Andy but um, to miss two in a minute after he get let off the hook with the retake great saves by George Wickens the young Ross County lone goalkeeper but just adds to Celtic's problems from 12 yards this season Livingston's have been highlighted at the bottom of the league Celtic's have probably been masked a little bit by the fact they're winning most of the games regardless of the penalty record but I think Lewis Palmer might well be off the spot kicks Yes, not great. Andy, who was your howler? Well, I think when I come into the office at quarter past five every Monday, sometimes I'm struggling to find a howler, such as how perfect our Scottish game is. <laughs> but number one, I was spoilt for choice. Number two, I was very passionate about this individual incident at the okay. weekend. Dabba's red card for Kilmarnock for me is never in a million years a red card. I think Grant Irvin gets his original decision spot on in terms of the yellow card. Even then... The way I would like to see the game referee slightly different, but I think it falls into the realm of the yellow card. And then Nick Walsh sent him at the monitor for him to, to change his mind for what he's seen for me was was a very poor decision. You agree with that? I do agree with it, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, Derek McInnes' quotes after the game really interesting. He queried why Nick Walsh wasn't the ref and Grant Irvin, the less experienced official, wasn't in the VAR truck, if you like. Um, and just it's one of them you know yourself sometimes when you see these red card challenges either getting a red card straight away or retrospectively you sort of wince and you say oh, 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 oh I can see why they've sent him off I couldn't really see why they had sent Corey and Dabba off OK well you could debate that amongst yourselves Sandy Halliday's not got the argument he was looking for I suspect he thought Roger was going to go against them 0141951 Kelly fans we'll be, we'll go on. and that leaves us with top man top performer of the weekend well, I think Dundee's relationship with Burnley is already yes. flourishing because that Great man, shoot. Michael Mellon, uh, making his debut coming on the last 30 minutes, Roger quite rightly gave it as a, a result of the weekend and, and a big part of it was down to that man coming on. to assist goal can put it to uh, turn the game in Dundee's favour. Yeah, it was a fantastic performance. I mean, maybe pushed a bit harder than he should have for one of the assists. Maybe <laughs> that's another incident referees right. might want to get involved in. Yep. Uh, for you then, top man, top performer, I don't think there were, were, there, lo- any, were there loads of other options? I'm not sure. One of the last times I tipped him to be <laughs> mentioned in this oh, show, no. I tipped him to be a player of the year a couple of years ago and they, they still slaughtered me, but I thought John, <laughs> I thought John Souter p- performed very well for Rangers in that win at St Mirren. I think Rangers only lost four goals away from home in the league this season. 
Um, that was back-to-back clean sheets on the road and the late block from Alec Gogic probably preserved the clean sheet, so he gets an odd. OK, 01419511025. Let's dive in with Ross, who's on the line. Ross, Celtic won at the weekend, but fans don't seem happy. Why and, and where do you sit on it? Um, well, first, hi, Gordon, Roger and Andy. Hi, um, first of all, Andy, good luck in your move to Mullerville. Hope it all works out for Thank you. Thank you very much. Well said. Um, in terms of obviously the situation now, Gordon, I think Celtic Saturday, you're going to get performances like that. Look at Rangers, 1 0. I'll take it. And I think the only positive for the weekend is we won 1 0, kept a clean sheet. And I think that's the only positive I can think of. Um, situation at the moment, just now, I think, is getting alarming because we're sitting here with three days to go, still no striker in the door. And if anybody at Celtic is sitting there looking at that, thinking that we don't need a striker, they're kidding us on because we get away with it on Saturday. We had a deflected goal that won us the game. That is just baffling to start with because it's Ross County. But again, you get games like that, I'll take it. But So this is more about transfers than the performance at the weekend for you then? Is it just a, a bad combination at the moment? I think it's a bad combination, but I think Celtic fans are frustrated right now because I'm sure Roger said, and I could be wrong, that he wanted three or four in this window. He said he wanted three or four signings and here we are, three days to go with one winger and no striker. That, that is just is concerning. It seems like it is all linked, Roger and Andy. If Celtic had won 1-0 like that in that manner at the weekend, but fans woke up on Sunday to three new bumper signings, you know, maybe we wouldn't have had the reaction. Um, is it just, a like I said to, to Ross, is it... A bad combination at the moment. It's a strange one when goals are scored so early. If Celtic beat Ross County 1 0 and they score in the 97th minute with a deflected goal, then there's a euphoria among the Celtic supporters as they file out the stadium. You've seen how many times a Celtic won with late goals and you get calls on a Monday saying those are the wins that win you championships. And the fact that Alistair Johnson scored before most of the other games had even kicked off. Um, doesn't seem to matter to supporters they, they then said the next 89 minutes weren't very good therefore we'll boo um, I think Ross is right I think the transfer element of this month is probably why they were booing more than the fact that they beat Ross County um, I assume Celtic have something up their cuff between now and 11.30pm on Thursday How sure would you be of that? I think that's clearly what the fear of you know that Ross and other fans no, is demonstrating No, no I'm not sure I, I'm going from my from history from the fact that we've seen this type of thing before not necessarily from Celtic but from some clubs supporters get anxious they get fretful they phone this show and complain and then about 90 minutes before the deadline passes a centre forward and a left back wheeled out and everybody kisses and makes up so I assume Celtic are working away and have something up their cuff to be unveiled before Thursday night. If they don't, then an awful lot of Ross's fellow Celtic fans will be on this show on Friday night. I can understand it with, with Ross's call. I, I, I don't feel like the, the result and performance in isolation is the reason for the reaction at full-time whistle. I do feel as if it's that pent-up frustration, uh, the lack of transfer activity, especially where a lot of Rogers' remarks leading up to January was he wanted three or four, like Ross says, ready-made transfers to come in and help the team through, throughout for the, the end of the season. And for the outside looking in, I, I could imagine if Celtic fans had seen Celtic sign even two 
and one was a left back and one was a striker. I think they've been satisfied enough. If they could get a third in, being at a winger or somebody else in the front, be great. But I think the fact that the the only transfer they've done is an area of the pitch that doesn't seem like an immediate priority. Whereas when you look at the, the situation striker-wise just now, Kyogo clearly not in the form he is last year and him being the only striker available. And Burnaby, again, I talked about it in the Hearts game when he made his first appearance in what felt like about three years, come out from nowhere. With Greg Taylor fit as the only available left-back at the moment. So, I mean, Ross, there has been a lot of negativity after the game. Is that is it on the nose for you? Has it been over the top? Are you, are you relaxed about the picture overall or have you concerns that this season turns out to be a bad one? Um, if you're asking me right now, um, I'm relaxed in terms of the, the situation with the league. Cause I think the league will go down to the wire between Celtic and Rangers, so I'm relaxed at the moment. My concerns at the moment are, come Friday, if we don't get a striker in, then we leave ourselves open for, let's just say, for us to be short numbers at the top, because touch wood, if it was to happen to Kyogo, where do we go from there? And I think that's the concern that we're basically leaving ourselves open and if Celtic don't get a striker and we lose the league, then I think the board need to take a right good look at ourselves. I'd love to know the timing of all and how it works, be a fly in the wall if you like, because th this is blown apart if Celtic go and get a striker in really in the of next couple of days. But saying, yeah. as it stands at the moment, Kyo Kyogo could have been called up by Japan. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't, obviously. Yeah. So was that a case of waiting to find out if he was, or is that irrelevant completely? Do you know what I mean? Like, is, is there a bit of luck involved here, or is this all under control? Um, well, you have to believe that it's under control, and there are players coming into the football club. Um, a lot of the focus in the window just now has been about keeping Matt O'Reilly. Brendan Rodgers was vociferous on Friday that Matt O'Reilly would be going nowhere in this window. Um, but, you know, that's maybe not enough. Keeping players tends not to be enough for supporters. They want to see mm. exciting new players. As Ross said, you know, if something had happened to Kyogo in the Ross County game at the weekend, be it an injury or a very uncharacteristic red card and a suspension coming up, where do they go? You know, Petodre on Saturday isn't an easy game. Easter Road next Wednesday night isn't an easy game. Brendan Rodgers says he's used to the booing that he heard at the end from some fans uh, after the game on Saturday. I've had that since I've been here. It's not the result, it's me. Um, it's me, the board. So um, all we can do as a, as a team is, is win games and try to improve and develop and uh, and win. And, uh, and that's what the, the team have done. So the team and ourselves, the staff, we work very hard every day, so we're very much together. And uh, and that's how it will continue to be. And uh, if it falls below the expectation, then we'll do everything we can to, uh, to be better. Now, we put that clip on social media on Saturday, and I noticed that a lot of Celtic fans weren't really... Conv not, con not convinced is the wrong word, but weren't really happy with the tone of it, if that's right. I mean, Roz... <laughs> I don't know what you felt, Roz, who's on the line. How do you look back on events over the weekend? Hi, guys. Um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was a pretty dismal affair altogether. It was my birthday on Saturday. Oh, so for happy me, birthday, Roz. Thank you so much. Um, extra special day. Not that every day going to Parkhead isn't special. Um, I was in Section 107, so obviously in the first half I had a bird's eye view of both uh, of the penalties. 
Um, I forgave the first penalty because he limped up to take it and it looked to me like the goalkeeper was off his line. So I kind of forgave that one and that's ultimately, you know, what, what happened. But the second one was just unforgivable, not to take away the save from the Ross County keeper. But the point I want to make is, after Palmer missed the second penalty, he, he was laughing. Now, I didn't watch the TV highlights back, so I don't know, but he was laughing, and he just laughed his way through the next 30 seconds. So I don't know from you guys as footballers' points of view, is that just nerves, is that embarrassment? But it did not go down well with the support. Um, and it's an embarrassment for somebody to miss two penalties and be standing there laughing. What was that about? Second point I'd want to make is, <clears throat> excuse me, I was heading back to Ayrshire, so admittedly I had to leave at 80 minutes. Don't like to do it, but I did. But I was walking down London Road to Brigton train station and there was hundreds of Celtic supporters walking as well who'd also left early. So that's another point. And finally, I'd like to say, listening to Brendan Rodgers um, on his post-match interview, He's just not the manager he was before. He used to have vigour, passion, strength and everything he was saying. And you listen to him now in the post-match interviews and it's just, I, I, I don't know, I, 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 just, I just don't yeah. know what to say. So I'll put that to you and maybe get yeah. your opinion. Let's start with the third point first because we've just heard Brendan Rodgers. Like I said, look, we put it on um, Twitter on Saturday night. I don't know if people care about these types of things but it's got like over a million views. Yeah. Was, for what I thought at the time was quite a... I didn't think it was going to have that much of an impact put it that way and under it just loads of Celtic fans obviously some defending it but just kind of saying like what was this tone all about and not really understanding why he came across that way I don't know do we just analyse these things too close? I don't think we do no it's not been the same since he came back now the first time Brendan Rodgers was here it was an era of unparalleled success there was quadruple trebles there was as many trophies as you wish to see there was flamboyant football, there were goals, and the bond between manager and the support was unbreakable. Then it broke the day he went to Leicester City, and there were some among the Celtic support, and you can go back and listen to the calls we took in this show, Gordon, who didn't necessarily roll out the red carpet for Brendan Rodgers coming back. And the relationship has never been the same. Um, Celtic supporters will tell you the football isn't the swashbuckling type they grew used to during Ange Postecoglou's two years at the club um, they don't like the fact many of them that he walked out on them to go to Leicester in the first place and there have just been a few moments through the season the moments being criticism of his team booing of players booing of results um, the way the Green Brigade have been in and out of the stadium depending on their relationship with the club and as Ross said it's not been the same I think he's you know Ross says he's a different manager he's still working as hard he's still trying desperately to get the results he's still got the team top of the league you have to remember you know as we sit here a five points clear of Rangers having played a game more um, but I think these next 80 hours or so are going to be crucial to Celtic's season and crucial to how Brendan Rodgers rebuilds his relationship with the support. I'll take Ross's word for it. I wasn't there. I didn't see Luis Palma smiling or laughing. I don't know if he, he did. I saw it in the telly. If he wants to show off his new teeth after he's had his braces off, we've all been there. Um, I don't know, Andy. Can that just be a sort of like a nervous thing, a disbelief thing? Should we? Uh, should we? Hang him for yeah. that too much. Well, I've been unfortunate enough to 
to miss a penalty in my career myself and you do have that inner sense of you want the ground to open up and swallow you up but that sense of embarrassment you know 60,000 have watched you but then when you get the opportunity to retake it pick the same side pick the same run up which I've never been a fan of and the goalkeeper saves it again for me it probably is just that sense of embarrassment and sort of yep. laughs it off it doesn't look great on the telly but I'm sure he's as, as disappointed as anyone. But, I, I mean, Roger gave it his, his howl. And for mm. me, it's a, it's a really poor penalty. I don't think he, he hits it with any conviction. It seems like more like a pass that he's just trying to send the goalkeeper the eyes and give him the wrong way. But I think if the goalkeeper, if he takes that penalty another 10 times and the goalie dives the right way, he saves it. So you, you don't think it's as black and white as he should have changed side? Because I've no, seen that a lot. No, absolutely no. not. I, I just, I've never been a fan of that style of penalty. And he took what... I can't remember who it was against the penalty he scored, but it was when you watch back, he whipped it with pace. So even if the goalkeeper dives the right way, it's difficult to save when you hit it with that power. But for me, that was almost like, again, like I said, it's just a, a half mm-hmm. a half pass and, and, so and people, just try and pick a corner. Some but, people have also said they should have changed taker. Is, is that just hindsight stuff? Because it Yeah, was I missed? think that's all hindsight. I, I've, how many times have we seen a, a retake yeah. and the, the, the taker takes it again and scores? I remember Lon Shanklin having one last season and... Uh, I think it was against Celtic actually he got his hat-trick at Tynecastle in the 4-3 game and it, he, he actually went the same side and scored again no, it is just that I saw it in the telly it's that embarrassed laugh it's like you've seen it before you know when Mark Wilson misses a 6-inch putt and he is that kind of embarrassed when Daz misses it he throws the club away mm-hmm. and Mark's as that wee you know, embarrassed oh I shouldn't have missed that it's like when Andy gets an easy one wrong on Beat the Pundit that never happens we'll, we'll see what happens at never 7 o'clock happens. Roz well, thank happens. you very much belated happy birthday if you want to join in on the phones now's the time to do so you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here to get your thoughts on the weekend's action. Scott is a Celtic fan in Canvas Lang. Scott, a lot of negativity after the game at the weekend. Is it over the top? Is it unfair or is it justified? Hello again, guys. How are you doing? Good. Um, listen, that was horrendous on Saturday. Um, and a couple of points if, you, if it's alright if you don't mind me hanging. Andy was saying about Kyogo not being the same as last year Kyogo's not getting the service if you're sitting watching like, Kyogo's getting frustrated Kyogo's making the same runs he's making the same stuff as he was last year the service is not there why they're sitting there saying we're needing another striker what's the point in getting another striker when the service is not getting to them they don't want to shoot outside the box because there might be a deflection they keep a keeper or whatever there's nothing it's side to side, back, side to side, back. That's all it is. You know, that's that's my first point, right? Second point is the penalty. <laughs> or the two penalties. Um, my God, you know. <laughs> okay, right, you know, it's the run-up's horrendous, you know, but I don't know. He's, it, was, it just was like a pass, do you know what I mean? And It's a 50-50 chance the keeper getting it or no scoring or no, right? We all know that, right? But... The same place, hitting it at the same place, change your options. Do you know what I mean? Make goalkeeper work for, for it, you know, but nah, you, that, that, that was just horrendous on Saturday. Absolutely horrendous. The state of the park was terrible, but you can't blame the park. They're professional players, so they should be dealing with it. But when you've got, you've got, you need to, when you've got 10 players sitting behind the ball, you, you know, Celtic, Brendan Rodgers must know they're going to do that. That's that's a tactic now. That's other teams have seen other teams do it, so they're going to do it. Right? So he must know he's going to do that. You know, you can't walk the ball in the back of the net. You, you need to mix it up a wee bit, and they're not doing it at all. 
I'm so, sorry but they're not Just one word you used Scott I want to ask you about You said it was horrendous So you don't You don't kind of buy this theory That look people need to calm down You get those performances Throughout a season Ange had them That This this is what it takes To sometimes go on And, and win a league you, you weren't having that at all At the weekend No no really Because it's not just a one off this is, this is This has been happening For a good wee while now And we've got Hibs And Aberdeen away And I'm Seriously worried you know, because you, you, there's just no tipping, you know, you, I can't wait to the two players for Japan come back, do you know what I mean, Hatate and Maeda, I can't wait till they come back, because it just seems to be there's there's no, how can I put this, no urgency, if that's the word. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there, there's nothing, you know, there's, there's absolutely nothing, and you can't, Kyogo can't, Kyogo, is doing, as I said, doing the same things, doing, doing everything else. And when you're sitting watching him, I sit in the Jockstein, and, and you're sitting, what, and he's getting really, really frustrated. You know what I mean? You can see it, it's written all over him. Roger, what do you think about the the overall mood and the reaction and how appropriate it is? Because I guess every, everything's through your own sort of lens. I know for a fact fans of Motherwell and St Mirren, St Johnston and Hibs might be listening and thinking... I wish we had Celtic's problems. Well, you know, only yeah. only uh, a couple uh, of points uh, clear uh, at the top. Uh, and, you know, you've you've only yeah. brought in one three million pound. But by the flip side, if you're a Celtic fan, you're probably more interested in your own standards and your own expectations. Are Celtic falling below that? Is that is that what the problem is? Well, this Celtic side have won what eleven of the last twelve titles. Um, so all things are relative. Scott will be speaking from the perspective of of a supporter who has seen his team win. 11 of the last 12 titles or whatever, I can't remember but that's um, he for the last two years has watched Kyogo Furuhashi at the top of an Ange Postacoglu team that famously never stopped um, he had Jota flying one side he had Dyson Myra flying the other side Adriel Hatate in behind and the Celtic support became used to a style of play that they enjoyed watching the results came with it and everything was great now there's a situation where they've gone to a Brendan Rodgers style of play, which can and has been hugely successful for Celtic, but it is a slower tempo. It doesn't suit Kyogo as well as the previous manager's style suited. It's coming at a time when Rangers are stronger. It's coming at a time when, and this is just a side issue, but Scott and the other two callers brought it up, Celtic are missing penalties where they're struggling over the line sometimes at home, where, and this is actually a complaint mm. I've heard from other fans as well, even the pitch. Well, I was going to Celt- say... Celtic spent a million pounds at Brendan Rodgers' behest when he first came into yeah. the club, first time round to improve the pitch. Supporters are even saying, mm-hmm. the pitch is done. We need, we need to improve yeah. the surface to help improve the football. Because again, that could still be true, but had Celtic won 5-0 on Saturday, nobody's talking and, about the pitch and, and either, also, isn't it? Also, always if Celtic had won 1-0 and Kyogo scores the winner in the 97th minute, having paraded two new signings at half-time, yeah. then that 1-0 over Ross County becomes a celebration. This 1-0 over Ross County has become a source of great angst for Celtic fans and you heard what the manager thought post-match of the reaction at the final whistle. Scott, like... Many is not happy with the penalty Andy And we talk about big moments There's every chance Celtic do go on and win the game really comfortably If they don't miss that penalty The timing of it and so on um, What about Kyogo? You've played against him You've had 
bench cam on him you've watched on TV you've kind of seen it all what is he getting used differently is he just not getting the service what's what's the reason no listen I take Scott's point and I agree with it that wasn't a heavy criticism from me to, to Kyogo in any stretch of the imagination I'm just talking about Mori's output within I mean his goals alone I think I read earlier it was 210 minutes per goal as he starts in the league this season which for a player of his quality when you compare it to David Tumble who's got a goal every 96 minutes and again it is a lot of that is down to service um, we used to wax lyrical last year when you talk about his movement his alertness in the box how many times I spoke about that goal where he stays offside it's that ball in behind to the, the dynamic wingers whether it be Jota or Maeda flash across the box goal and listen Scott watches a lot more of Celtic than I do but I'm watching highlights and I'm watching games at times and he's maybe only getting one or two or three chances a game max uh, when you're watching to it before the end so I, I, listen the service is definitely not what he was used to in terms of Ange Postecoglou last year I think his overall contribution and within the game is still less though because I think Rodgers still wants him to come and link uh, towards the game a lot more with the likes of O'Reilly and Paolo Bernardo linking him uh, uh, running him behind sorry and again I just don't think it suits him I don't think he's that type of player you can then counter by saying but what about his goal against Rangers again moment of magic where he drops off receives it in the half turn puts it in the top corner which he's got in his locker but I think overall I think his game is suffering for the way Celtic are playing at the moment mm, Thank you to Scott there's a lot of frustration out there amongst your fellow fans Barry uh, how do you feel about it all is it all a bit over the top or is it justified? Hi Gordon Roger Andy thanks for having me Hi Barry Yeah I think I just think that the the expectations from the fans at the start of the season were probably a wee bit inflated, you know, with Brendan coming back and the club had announced, you know, the sort of money they had in the bank account. And I think fans were putting two and two together and thinking that Celtic were going to go on a spending spree, and that's just not the model of the club. That's not what's got us to the place we're at. We've got to the place we're at because of the, you know, the. the the recruitment, the strategy, you know, buy them in at a low price, sell them on at a high price. Um, and all in all, the remit in Scotland is to beat your rivals and to win the league. And at this moment in time, Celtic are sitting top of the league. We've won both the derbies. We've also broke a hoodoo in the Champions League. And, yeah, I just think that... Should that should that always be enough though, Barry? You know, if... if if the remit is to stay just ahead of Rangers, just make sure you can pip Rangers to everything. Is, is that enough? No. I, How do I, Celtic I, become the best version of, of themselves? Yeah, I, I don't think that's what I was saying, Gordon. I think what I'm saying is that's your bread and butter in Scotland, sure. isn't it? Yeah. Your bread and butter. We've, we've been to Ibrox and won. That's no easy to do, no matter what Rangers team you come up against. And then we'll back that up by winning at Celtic Park. Our performances in Champions League, other than Atletico Madrid away, uh, I thought were excellent. And we came close in a few of those matches. And of course, we went and won one of them as well. And I just think that, you know, the, the reaction is a hangover from Ange Postacoglu leaving the club as well. And obviously the style of play that he'd implemented. But I just think if you were looking at it objectively, you know, using common sense as your filter to look at, you know, where you're at, Celtic have recruited reasonably well and considering that we've got Palmana, who I think looks like a good player, Narotsky has played his part um, but it's not been great admittedly uh, but I think the way the fans Do you really think the, the recruitment board, they've recruited reasonably well Barry? I just I feel like listen everybody's entitled to their opinion it's not that I disagree I feel like so many of your fellow Celtic fans aren't having that take today talking Lager Bielka bought for 3 million he's not even played 600 minutes for the team trying to ship him out 
Kwon yeah. had to be shipped out Tilio might well be shipped out I take the point Palmer's had a decent enough output but that's not reasonably good recruitment from a Celtic standard is it? Well I think if, if you go into a summer when you, you've won a treble and I think the hardest time to improve a team is when they've just won a treble how do you add quality to quality? That's not easy not in the league that Celtic are playing in and the resources that we've got I think if you add Palmer, Bernardo and Narochki to a winning team, a winning squad that's three players that's that's not too bad. It's not a disaster. Let's say now, if you marry that up with the fact that we're sitting top of the league, we've been top of the league pretty much the whole season, and we won both the derbies. As I, as I keep saying, all in all, I'm not saying that Celtic are flying this season, but the hardest thing about being a Celtic fan this year has actually been listening to fellow Celtic fans because there's just been a lack of perspective there. So it's not enough just to be ahead of your rivals, but it is your bread and butter. And if you're sitting top of the league in January and you've won both derbies to be talking about panic and catastrophe is way over the top I think a lot of the expectation coming into this window has been from the words of the manager the amount of interviews we've listened to Brendan Rodgers after Champions League games after domestic games saying he needs quality he needs players and again referencing coming into this window he wanted three four new signings in the door we're now looking at a deadline on Thursday, uh, Thursday with only Nicholas Kuhn for £3 million coming in the door. And I get Barry's point in terms of spending these big fees because, to be fair, Celtic's trading model over the last few years has been successful in terms of buying players, selling higher. O'Reilly was very, very nearly another one by all accounts with, with the links at Atletico Madrid. But I think the expectation coming into this window has been down to, to Brendan Rodgers and, and I stated it earlier. It's, it's not even the fact the lack of signs, it's the lack of talk, haven't it? You've not really heard much in terms of what's potentially came in. I've heard, I think recently I've heard a, a Van Hooydonk being the striker for, for Bologna being linked. But other than that, there doesn't seem to be very many names for Celtic fans to get excited about. I don't ever want to stop anyone being positive. I'm all for it, Roger. Barry wants to see the the best in it. I think that's, that's good. And we on here want balance. There's no point in everybody saying the the same thing. I'm a bit surprised to hear Barry thinks the recruitment's been sort of, of an acceptable level. But again... That's fine. Listen, but Barry's opinion holds water. It's fair enough. Um, he is more positive than the three Celtic supporters we had in the show, at the start of the show, Gordon. There's nothing the matter with keeping money in the bank. There's nothing the matter with the signing model, the recruitment model, um, until such times as you lose the league or you lose the Scottish Cup. The League Cup's already away. The Rangers have won it. And I think the majority of Celtic... separate though. I mean, sometimes, you know, just... Celtic might still win the league this season, but have got the recruitment terribly wrong. Like that, those, but, but those can coexist, surely. They can coexist. And then the recruitment won't matter one iota in the eyes of the Celtic fans because they've won three in a row and they're heading for the Champions the long League. long-term strategy at some point, though. Well, there is a long-term strategy. The long-term strategy yeah. is to go and sign yeah. players at this value or slightly below yeah. in terms of project. They won't all work. But the lag of Bielka one today is suggesting that there, there are a few flaws in it. They won't all work. Um, nobody pretends they will all work. There's been ones like Lager Bielka in the past. Um, I think Celtic strike rate over the years has been good. Sure. But the worry, not so much for Barry, but for Ross, Ross and Scott, is... It's not working anymore. Thank you to Barry. Keep the calls coming whilst I tell you about this. Right, last time out on Make Me A Winner, Rebecca grabbed £102,000 whilst recovering from the flu. That's one way to make you feel better. She's not working at the moment, so this cash is going to come in so handy 
to pay those bills. Now we could make you the winner of £104,000 tomorrow when we make the call, but you need to be in the draw by either texting YES to 61025, text or £2 plus your standard network rate, or entering at Clyde1.com for £2, or call 0330-880-4523, and those calls are charged at a standard rate. It is over 18s only, and all the rules for this network competition are online. If you do get the call after 3pm tomorrow, answer within five rings and say make me a winner straight away to win the £104,000. Text yes to 61025. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here Any Motherwell fans want to get the inside scoop on that exciting 1-1 draw uh, at Perth at the weekend Andy's your man who won four one nine five one one zero two five. This is an irritation to me Why were you wearing your away kit? Why and why were Hibs wearing an away kit at Kilmarnock? They look more like the Kilmarnock kit than the Hibs kit. Never let it be said that we don't get to the, the heart of the real this issues. This should be stopped. This is nonsense. That are diseasing Scottish football. Nonsense. You're not happy with that? No. I Do still can't get used to the squad number 11 either. I mean, either Steven, I saw you in the telly. All. Oh, good jeez, honestly. But, um, you going to do a deal with home again for next season? Do you know what? It might be a conversation that's had. Get a 16 off him. That happened to me in my younger days. contract up, is it not? So it might be a... Interesting when, conversation. When I was at uh, Middlesbrough, number 18, Dean Whitehead, older experienced player, 34, 35, came in the summer and says, I'm taking that number next year. And I was like, okay, <laughs> just gave it up. 18. Uh, and, I, and I grew Why quite fond of it as well. Much? I think he just had it through Always his career, it. aye. And left you with what? 19. All right, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I, was, I grew quite fond of it, I didn't want to get rid of it. I just rank. gave up, aye. Where did the 16 come in then? No reason to be honest It was just what was available at the time And then ever since I've had it I've liked it So I just wanted to keep it Had it at hearts And then Just hoping to get it again But I took Anyway 01419511025 Or Twitter of course You could tweet us Your thoughts At Clyde SSB Lots to get through From the weekend But there's a lot of Celtic fans On this phone line I'm not too impressed With what they are seeing, we did say it's probably, more than probably, linked to transfers as well. And Brendan Rodgers is hopeful they can add quality to the squad before Thursday's deadline. Hopefully, hopefully that's the uh, that's the plan. Um, getting that player in that can help our level and, and, and allow us to develop. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see uh, over the coming days. But hopefully that'll, that'll be the case. Hopefully that will be the case, says Brendan Rodgers. Um, I don't know if you've got any choice but to analyse what's in front of you, to you to borrow the football cliche, Roger. Does he sound that convincing? Does he sound that confident? Or is is that just a very is that just a kind of holding statement so that you're not committing one way or the yeah, other? I think that's exactly what it is, Gordon. He... Would you expect him to sound a bit more confident? No, no, no. You have to remember this interview was done moments after he was booed away from his work on Saturday night. So he's not going to be in the best of fettle. Um, like every other Celtic supporter, he probably wasn't wholly happy with the performance. He will have been relieved to have got the three points and moved five points clear at the top. But like all Celtic supporters, I'm sure, until he actually sees the players in the building holding green and white scarves above their heads, Gordon, then... He, he wouldn't be 100% convinced by it either Peter is a Celtic fan How do you feel as a Celtic fan just now Peter? What's going on? You're top of the league, you're winning games But there's a, there's a lot of negativity around How do you feel about it all? 
I'm still positive, but slightly disenchanted. Um, I just wanted to make a, a point. It feels a bit like Groundhog Day. Um, I'm referring to two or three years ago when the Green Brigade unfurled a banner um, which suggested that the board, Desmond White and, uh, and, and um, I think it was Neil Lennon at the time, although I don't think it was Neil Lennon's fault, at the time there was this big banner saying, don't fall asleep at the wheel. And it just feels like Groundhog Day. It feels like the board are falling asleep at the wheel again. I don't think the fans are disenchanted by Brendan Rodgers at all. I think that he's been welcomed back. I know he had a bit of an issue when he first came back, but I think Brendan's OK with the fans. And and I don't know if Brendan's posture in his interview, I don't know what that reflects. I don't know if it's all about if I, I, You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But um, it, it's just astonishing, I think, that uh, the board do appear to be falling asleep at the wheel again. And you would you would have thought really that they would have learned their lesson. I think Andy made a good point um, that Brendan Rodgers did state that he wanted uh, three or four quality signings, and and I totally agree with that because I think a lot of the signings in in the last twelve months has been too much qu- uh, uh, quantity and not enough quality. Um, but um, the lack of movement, you know, you would have thought at the beginning of January. I would have thought that a lot of these players who were obviously not going to be getting a first-team game or in the squad, they'd either go on loan or get sold. But it's just the lack of movement is just astonishing. We're, we're, the, the board seem, and I think I think the fans are disenchanted with the board more than Brendan, and, and that, that's that's my thought, really, guys. Um, I also think that you know, Barry earlier on phoned in to talk about the, the signing strategies, uh, which you know. I, I agree with Barry to to a big degree, but you've you've now got a resurgent Rangers, and um, your signing strategy when Rangers are weak, you know, by for a couple of million self or whatever, and um, that that might have worked. But sometimes signing strategies need to change, you need to tweak them slightly. Rangers are coming back. I think that between March last year, even when we won the treble last year, even between. March and June, we stuttered a little bit over the finishing line when we won the title. They didn't, you know, we won the cup, you know, we won the treble, but they didn't, they didn't win the title in, in, in you know, in grand style come April. Maybe we were stuttering a bit, and I think that stuttering, uh, those performance, I think that's continued, and it's not all about Ange leaving. You know, everybody loves Ange, but. No, there's a lot more to this. Mm. But the, bo- the bottom line is the board are falling asleep. I get, I, and listen, I, I get it's a very difficult window for teams to do their business in. And I referenced, and, and, and Peter's just referenced as well, Brendan Rogers, almost enticing and getting the Celtic fans excited by, we're going to be active this window, we're looking at three and four. Then after the St Mirren game at the first, the end of the first week of January, Celtic are going into a two-week break period where you'd imagine that they've been very busy trying to get the recruitment and these other two or three players in the door that were expected since Nicholas Kuhn, as I said. It's just all going very, very quiet. That being said, and the other side of the city when it comes to Rangers, Diamandi almost came out of the blue. It seems as if this uh, Jeff Day and, and Oscar Cortez came out the, out of the blue as well. And I said that at the top of the show, Peter, and you can phone me back next Monday if I turn out to be wrong, but I'd be amazed, amazed if Celtic don't bring in one or two more. That is feeding into it, Roger. Not for everybody, clearly, because some people can separate it. We've got no idea if Diamandi, Jeff Day and Cortez will be any good. We, we really don't. Let's be honest about it. But still, this is Glasgow. You know the way it works. Celtic fans are annoyed about the performance against Ross County. They're even annoyed about the pitch, according to some callers. And they're seeing Rangers making moves and making signings. 
and they're not doing it yet. That that has to be part of it for some people. Of course it does, and that, that's one of the reasons I think Celtic will make moves before the window closes on Thursday night. Um, the board aren't daft. Um, the Peter board, thinks they're falling asleep at the wheel. Though. Well, listen. Did you get that? They're operating to a policy that's brought them huge success in recent years. Um, and they're trying to stick to that policy. Um, sometimes that can be a gamble, and sometimes gambles backfire. Um, I think the Celtic board are smart enough that they will know they need to get a couple of bodies in by Thursday night. Thank you, Peter. It's already that time of the night. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. I can't think of many better ways to kick off a new week than by beating Andy Halliday or Roger Hanna at Beat the Pundit. That opportunity is here now. You need to dial 0141 951 1025 and the lines close at 7. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the second hour of tonight's show with Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna but they're both waiting for you to get in touch whether it's thoughts of the weekend's performances whether it's transfer window related or something else surprise us, give us a call a lot has been said already about Celtic at the weekend It's been wall-to-wall calls So busy on the phone lines It was a win Like many people have pointed out But it feels like some people Not happy with the performance Or the transfers Or even the pitch There's been a lot mentioned Rangers fans St Mirren fans This might be a good chance for you To call in Because that was the game That got us underway at the weekend Any big talking points Anything good, bad Or indifferent from it Rangers fans You appear to be Closing in on a couple of new signings How happy are you with that? Let us know now And we'll play this first Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Stephen is in Motherwell How's it going Stephen? Alright, how's it going? Not bad If you, you're a Rangers fan Would you take a Non-eventful 1-0 win On Beat the Pundit uh, Like your team got at the weekend? Definitely and secondly, being from Motherwell, have you seen Andy Halliday in his new adopted hometown yet at any point? I have not. Good, keep your eyes peeled. See, see, see what he's up to in the local area. So I used to, you know, I feel like I'm a bit detached from it now. I can't believe he's waited till I left before he's moved in. But luckily, I know just the man to keep tabs on him. The Dazzler with his crutch. You heard about this? I, d- I have heard about the crutch. Mystery ankle injury. Yeah. He was in here limping around. I was actually more worried about that story in the news about that Japanese macaque monkey that's roaming the streets. I, th- I hope Nancy started <laughs> locking his door because you know what happened last week? That's a good point. Imagine it just bars through his window, kept him company. Anyway, Stephen, we'll get the coin ready. 30 seconds about to go on the clock. Don't tell me. Ev- Do you know what? It's every time someone else uses this studio, they steal my 50p. Or they move it, there it is, I've got it Heads, it's Andy Halliday Tails, it's Roger Hanna, minus one And it is Roger Hanna, minus oh, Good luck Stephen He's been away this weekend Stephen He's been away in Aaron, he was telling us So maybe, just maybe right. He's taking his eye off the ball, I don't know Surprised oh, you got back, how were the ferries? Oh, Windy oh, conditions uh, We actually we had to leave two behind We only got on last night as it's no, passengers There's no way to treat well, the kids to well, be honest well, but. We left two behind, one of whom was booked 
on the 7.20 in 15 minutes oh, time keep an eye out then and it's either disrupted or delayed I've had a, a, a stream of um, angry text messages y- yeah right let's give Roger 30 se- no give him music sorry in his ear greatest hits radio we give Stephen the 30 seconds you'd think I'd remember how this works by now Stephen 30 seconds answer as many as you can and pass if you do not know the answer okay Let's go. Right, 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Who scored a hat-trick for Inverness Cali Thistle at the weekend? Nice. Who was the last player to score a penalty for Celtic? Atari. Which goalkeeper has the most caps for the Scotland men's national team? Gordon. Who was the Livy manager before David Martindale? David Hopkins. What nationality is Rangers new signing Mohamed Diomandi? Who scored Hart's penalty at the weekend? Order. Who's got more league goals Cyril Dessers Or Bojan Miofsky uh, Miofsky Okay let's bring back The Hannah Man On minus one Are you oh, ready Yeah a bit of the big O Sorry A bit of the big o. Roy Orbison oh, And Greatest right, right. Radio Just wondered where that was going there Yeah Jeez The show had taken An entirely different turn uh, Right 30 seconds to Roger And your time starts now Who scored a hat-trick For Inverness Cali Thistle At the weekend Alex Samuel Who was the last player To score a penalty For Celtic Tumble. Which goalkeeper has the most caps for the Scotland men's national team? Jim Leighton. Who was the Livy manager before David Martindale? Gary Holt. What nationality is Rangers' new signing, Mohamed Diomandi? Ivorian. Who scored Hart's penalty at the weekend? George Grant. Who's got more league goals, Serial Dessers or Bojan Miofsky? Miofsky. Paul Bernard is the record signing of which Scottish club? Aberdeen. It's Bernard Bernard. Did I just make him sound more? I think more... it was Paul Bernard. Yeah, no, you're right at the time. Oldham Athletic. I'd made him sound more uh, exotic than he deserved. Anyway, Stephen, what are you thinking? Oh, I was a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know he said he was away in Aaron, but he's obviously not got up to much on his weekend away and kept up to speed with everything that was happening. Anyway, mm, not sure. Let's let's find out. Who scored a hat-trick for Inverness at the weekend? I think those questions are really tough because I think your average football fan might not know but Roger Hanna's just bound to it. It was Alex Samuel who's just gone on loan from... Ross County. Just down the Keswick Bridge. There we go. So Alex Samuel pulls Roger level because he starts on minus one. None of you got this though. The last player to score a penalty for Celtic. I said Tumbo as well. It was Louis Palmer. <laughs> right, right, it just okay. so happens yeah. that he missed at the weekend. So... Nil-nil if you like Yeah. Uh, the most capped Scotland men's goalkeeper Is not Craig Gordon Stephen He's got a good few But Jim Layton's still way in front on 91 Roger goes one up I felt St- Stephen like knew his stuff up to a point David Hopkin was a perfectly good guess for Livy But it's wrong Stephen It is Gary Holt So 2-0 Roger <laughs> Mohamed Diamandis Ivorian 3-0 George Grant Scored Hart's penalty 4-0 You surprised you know, you know the club well Was he was he always next in line after Lauren Shankland, would you say? No, I wouldn't, to be no. honest. No. Um, great technique. I, I, think, I think you could certainly take penalties. But I, Who if would I you have gone? Pick, Kingsley or something? Yeah, well, I'd, 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 Liam Boyce, who was on the pitch. Right. Uh, for that starting 11 at the weekend, I'd probably say Stephen Kingsley. You surprised yeah. Shankland came off them? Because I was certain he would come off them, but everybody in the no, studio I, no, said I thought that he, he would stay on. on would you? Uh, yeah. Can you run the risk of missing four in a row? I mean, when you've scored 12 beforehand, uh, I think you've got enough in the bank, personally. Anyway, but. Um, I was worried for you at this point, Stephen. It was a zero up until this point. <laughs> you did manage to pull one back. Cyril Dessers or Miofsky, it is 
Miovsky. It would have been even more, but VAR got in the way. What a goal it was! Yeah, as well. okay, finish. I always say that if, the, if a goal's like really, really good, you should get it should be allowed to stand. <laughs> Do you remember when Kevin Van Veen scored at Tynecastle last season, and it was offside? Yeah. It's like a big diagonal. Oh ball yeah, it was like a volley, a, a left foot volley. Oh, honestly, I scored two that day. Right, right. I was trying to forget about that. And Paul Bernard is the record signing for Aberdeen. So I think it was a six-one for Roger Hanna. Stephen, Stephen. No one likes a show off, Roger. Exactly, Roger. Sorry, no one Stephen. likes a show off. How many would they have got if he wasn't away at the weekend? What did you make of your your team's performance or result or game at the weekend, Stephen? Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but. A three points away to St Martin, they take them anywhere, shape or form, I think, at this point. Yeah, has that been the sort of, you know, to come back off the break, you Rangers fans always say that you don't come back off the break well to go to Hibs and St Mirren you know, with the six points and the clean sheets. Is that is that it? Is that the bottom line? That You know, yeah, that was the most important thing. I think, I think both games, we weren't totally under pressure. We were comfortable. Obviously, it wasn't tight at the weekend, but um, coming in after the break, just take any wins. Getting again, we've got a decent run coming up, so hopefully some decent performances. Looks like a couple of players in the door as well. They're all coming a bit, a bit out of the blue, aren't they? Is that something that excites you? Yeah, definitely. Right wingers is quite important. I think this window, so hopefully we get that Cortez in the door. Yeah, that's the one that is the latest to come out um, yeah. because the Jeffy, as we think we've settled on the Brazilian left back, uh, he's not here either, Roger. But we've moved on to another. Uh, another sort of rumour or report, if you like, Oscar Cortez. I have lost count, Andy will know this, how many windows we've spoken about Rangers needing a natural right-sided winger and never get one. Um, that's going to be the ninth now, I think. Is this the one? Is this the guy that's going to tick that box? Well, <laughs> from Rangers' point of view, they'll certainly hope so because I, I, I've said it before and people certainly disagree, but I don't think it's a position that's been replaced since Daniel Kandias. I don't think they've had that one player that sort of nailed down that that jersey and that side and we've seen a lot of people the likes of Joe Arebo and Scott Arfield people that aren't out and out right wingers playing in that right wing slot even this season we've seen Todd Cadmill out there Sam Lammers and then not since young Ross McCausins came in has anyone really grasped down that run of games who you could say is an out and out winger so I'm sure that that will be one that will certainly excite the Rangers fans because it seems as if that's been a, a position they've been crying out for for a while and it's of unlikely transfer policy you know an Ivorian from Denmark a Colombian from France a Brazilian who's been in Cyprus not really targets that you would have expected Rangers to pursue. You know, people were talking about Rangers going for Lawrence Shankland along the other end of the M8. So it'll be interesting to see how these guys get on throwing straight into Scottish football and into the teeth of a title race. Yeah, I get, always say it, we don't really know how it's going to pan out, but I think on paper, Andy, is, it, is there a bit of a, a change already? I know Rangers have got new recruitment staff in the much maligned window in the summer which saw Sam Lammers and Cyril Dessers who are not young men signed for mm-hmm. quite a lot of money is there at least a clear strategy in place at the moment or a different strategy I should say and then we find out if they're any good down the line and it seems as if it's a strategy that finally fits that player trading model yeah. bill that they've spoke about for so long and uh, again, again, I think it's it's profiles and CVs that looks like Rangers fans and I think in Jeff Day and Oscar Cortez is. Uh, I think specifically they are positions that are priority positions I think Diomandi was an exciting one in terms of his profile where he came from a lot of games being vice captain of a, a club that sold players for a lot of money but a left back and a right winger going into this window along with a striker seems like the real priority is going into January for Rangers What do people need to know Roger Hanna about Oscar Cortez in particular I think we 
probably know even less about Jeff Day, but we spoke about him towards the tail end of last week. Yeah, he came over from uh, Colombian football last summer. I think they paid something in the region of £4 million to bring him into League on uh, Lens. He dropped out of the squad at the weekend when they were due to play Toulouse. Um, he is still in talks with Rangers tonight. It'll be a loan deal to the end of the season with a view to a permanent deal. It'll be interesting to see what the fee would be. I think the Rangers fans... If there was a kitty to be spent in the summer, I think Rangers fans would like a chunk of that kitty to go in Abdalasima in a permanent move after his 15 goals on loan from Brighton before his injury. So is there going to be enough in the kitty to go and get Sima and go and get Cortez and go and tick the other boxes that Rangers fans will want ticked in the summer? Uh, is there just some sort of quota of of always trying to have a mad Colombian in the building, Andy? Has that, has that become the new aim for Rangers, has it? Well, I think Alfredo Morelos was looking for a pal for a while, so I think he'll be devastated now he's gone that they finally brought one in. But uh, listen, if he's if he's as endeared with the Rangers supporters as Alfredo Morelos was, then you know, he, sh- he should be a decent signing, but it remains to be seen. Would you take 10% less effective on the pitch if, if it was 10% more manageable off it? No, I don't think I would look no. like the madness at times, to be honest with you. It was a laugh. <laughs> Maybe know the red card. Take the red cards away, I'll yeah. give you 10%. Did the managers always think he was no, a laugh? No, definitely not. Definitely not. No. But I think for players it was a little bit more funny. There we are. Uh, anyway, let's bring in Willie, who's a Rangers fan. What did you take away from the weekend's game, Willie? Aye, well, I was saying to the producer a while ago, uh, by the way, I apologise for the other week, but uh, I couldn't find an adjective uh, to describe the game. It was that bad. Oh, did, you have a, did you have a wee slip-up <laughs> on the show a couple of weeks ago, did Aye, you? Swear, I right, let's that. let's just leave it. I just feel like it's one of them where you're accidentally going to say it back to me again. So just not at all. crack on. No, 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 not at all. Right? No, it was just uh, obviously Dessers get man in a match because he was the best man in the park. Boom, boom. As I say, he can offend the keeper. It was a very poor game again, but we got the three points, so we move on. Uh, I mean, they smacked the bar as well, and I'll be honest, I never even noticed it at the time. I saw it on the replay. You know, so Are you starting to warm to Cyril Dessers? How do you feel about him now? Ah, well, at the end of the day, he's, no, he's just no there, is he? But he's getting there. I mean, the park he'd won, apart from the, the Seamer, Andy, Andy's a professional football player. Right, anyway, 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 Willie, 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 ah, come anyway, on, anyway, let's, 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 let's stop it there, let's stop it there, because honestly, you're making my life very difficult. Um, the, and a, Again, like to apologise if there was any language in there in Willie's call that you weren't happy about, not affiliated to us. Of course, Willie comes on and gives his views, they're not our views. And um, apologies again if anyone didn't like what they heard from Willie. But Roger, somewhere in there, I was trying to get to a discussion about serial dessers. Um, oh, he's an enigma, isn't it? I don't think Willie is the official enigma. Um, he has had a difficult start. I know he's got what, 11 goals or 12 goals 12, now, Gordon. Yeah. This season, wonderful finish in Seville, wonderful finish at Easter Road. I actually thought he took the goal quite well at Paisley in Saturday lunchtime as well. But he will be remembered at the minute for Celtic Park and for missing chances. And he doesn't do enough at the minute for me as a Rangers centre forward. But maybe, just maybe, those goals at Easter Road and the Smyza Stadium at the weekend could represent a turning point for Serial Dessers. Willie and all the Rangers fans will hope so. I think his overall contribution in the game was, was a lot better, to be honest. I thought his link-up play at times, I thought he brought others into play in a game where we're talking about Kyogo early, earlier being starved of service. I thought Serial Dessers was starved of service throughout the game, but he managed to fashion a 
uh, a, a, an opportunity for that that ball for, for John Lundstrom and, and the, the one real opportunity they get carved up for him he scores uh, he obviously hits the post in the second half where he actually does well to create the opportunity himself but the man I mentioned setting up Cyril Dessers I think is the real one since Philippe Clements came in mm. where he just seems to have found that sort of Europa League form that Rangers fans oh. were, were dying for him to get again Oh he signed a new contract Andy I would be surprised if Rangers don't offer him one whether it's in the same terms that he's on right now I'm not too sure because they're talking about you know having a, a, a players that he can then sell on for big fees I'm not sure what age John Lundstrom is now but it must be 29 or over and uh, I'd imagine he'll be one of the highest earners of the club yeah. so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them offer him a, a new contract and I think quite rightly so but I wouldn't be surprised if it was reduced terms for what he's on now Yeah um, we've said it a few times the numbers but the problem is that or not the problem the, the thing about that is the the strength of that argument is only improving he's now scored three in, a, in three games in a row he's up to 12 for the season That that's absolutely fine Andy um, is the eye test getting better because that was always the bit people would say well yeah I know he scored a couple but just watch him you know like he's, he's not doing it for me um, is that side of things improving or was the weekend difficult to tell because it looked like the windiest most annoying game of football all season uh, but again no I think what he had to do at the weekend I thought he'd done well but I, I still agree with your point that he's at the eye test over his course of his Rangers career I still think don't think you're getting the return for the fee that you paid for him I look at Antonio Cholat last year Goal return was probably better than Dessers at this stage of the career. Mm. But again, was dividing opinion for Rangers fans because the eye test was telling you he wasn't quite offering what they expected from a Rangers number nine. But it must be said, I think Sergio Dessers, I think his performance have certainly improved over the last month or so. I think Philippe Clement again, has got that little bit more out of him than Michael Beale has. But I still think there's there's more to come for he, sure. He needs a goal in a big game. That's what separates the ordinary forwards yeah. from the very good forwards. Look, you mentioned it yourself. Two old firm games this season... Kyogo scored in them both the winning goal that's what marks him separate from the rest Dessels missed the chance at Celtic Park what Dessels needs to really launch his Rangers career is a big goal yeah. against Celtic well, the winner the winner in a 1-0 away at St Mirren I am not for a second we'll give him suggesting we'll give him the better goal but I think out with that I'm not suggesting that's the same as Celtic but like we said it's a winner it's the only goal in the yeah. game listen it, it is and as I say it, it might be a turning it, point it, in the last seven days is that where the difference between perceived sticky away games versus on paper must win home games I'm talking about the reaction to Celtic versus the reaction to, to yeah. the Rangers game is that the obvious difference like you go there it's windy the pitch is bobbly St Mirren are having a good season you take absolutely any win but home against Ross County is mm -hmm. different yeah definitely and I think the fact as you said three games in a week coming off of the break uh, two away games consecutive away games against Hibs and St Mirren St Mirren being a, a difficult place for anyone in the league to go but then again to fashion in I think if any Rangers fans seen the start 11 before the game they're then questioning where's the creativity coming from because I think Dujon Sterling who for me has been excellent since he's came into the side playing in left wing at the weekend I mean it's very difficult because there's only one time you've seen him there but for me he didn't look like a winger I thought the positions he was taking up I thought he looked uncomfortable there at times mm. and in, in terms of overall creativity in the game you've seen a lot of, I think Rangers shot conversions chance conversions have all increased since Philippe Clement came in the door 10 shots at the weekend arguably St Mern had the best chances throughout the game Jameson's had a couple Quant's had a couple well, Quant's chance was big wasn't it it's a, it's a big chance that, but that any Rangers fan before the game would have took a 1-0 stuff it's away. also what you're used to Gordon Celtic fans in recent times have been used to rolling up at Parkhead and dismissing the Ross Counties of this world with panache flamboyance mm -hmm. and scintillating football Rangers fans 
have been used to going to places like St Mirren under Giovanni van Bronckhorst and Michael Beale and dropping points. I think St Mirren Park was Giovanni van Bronckhorst's last game, basically, was dropped points 18 months ago. They've actually got a good record ago. against so, St Mirren, so, but I take your point about that type of fixture. Yeah, that, so Rangers fans have seen that type of fixture go wrong. So when it goes right, even 1 0 with Adessa's goal, that's a good result. And talk about type of fixtures, Roger. We all talked about the difficulty of Rangers fixtures going into mm-hmm. December. They're now in a run with eight home games in, the, in their next 11. Yeah. Many, many of them have all got ho- ho- home fixtures in the next 11. I actually looked at seven. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Oh, listen, he knows his stuff. Anyway, St. Mirren fans, maybe you want to get involved, or Rangers fans, if there wasn't enough in the game. Uh, to make you call in tonight what about transfers what about Oscar Cortez what about Jeff Day what about anyone else you can think of are you getting a bit excited about this transfer window or is it too early for that any Killy fans out there we could get a good argument going about Corey and Dabba's red card if you want give us a call and we'll get to you next taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here 0141-951-1025 What are you thinking tonight? Are you still looking back on the weekend's action? Feel free If you want to talk transfers that would be a good one to do as well There's a few rumour a few stronger than rumour I think a few suggestions that Rangers are about to make uh, more signings Celtic fans you'd be hoping for some rumours at this point What are you thinking? Give us a call 0141-951-1025 I did say before the break Kilmarnock fans, maybe you want to have a, a bit of a, an argument about the Corian Dabba red card or any of the other talking points from the weekend. We are here for you. In the meantime, let's get this up and running. The Full Time Teaser with Universal Interiors East Kilbride. Offering champion bespoke media units to put you right in the game. This is a really tough question, but it should be for you too, let's be honest. It, it really should be. Um... I'm interested to know where you'll start. Thank you to Crazy Pony for this question. Uh, Not including Republic of Ireland. Who are the last seven overseas players to be signed by a Premiership club for a manager who is a fellow countryman? So not including Republic of Ireland, who are the last seven overseas players to be signed by a Premiership club for a manager who is a fellow countryman. But you get the question. Like as an example, you're going way back, Dick Advocat, Arthur yeah, yeah. Newt, that sort of thing. Stefan Johansson? Yes. Signed by? Ronnie Dyer? See. You can huff and puff and roll your eyes, then no, you can get a tough an answer question, that that's why, but I don't mind it. Oh no, he's not. He's not. I thought he was. I could have swore I saw him on this list. You're not that far off. That's probably why. Carlos Pena? What's he got to do with Stefan Johansson and Ronnie Dyla? Oh, he was Mexican as well. Uh-huh. And Cachinho was not. Was he not Mexican? He was oh, not. Really Which not. leads me to Bruno Alves. Well done. Okay. <laughs> and leads me to Christopher Ayer. Yes. And okay. Dalcio. Um, what do you mean? No. Was was he? Oh, I don't know, actually. Yeah, he should have been, shouldn't he? Fabio yeah. Cardoso. Fabio Cardoso's on the list, okay. Candace. Yeah, right. look at that. You've only got three to get. Well, well, who's Kev's Dalsho no one? What national? Was it alone? What was? Yeah, maybe. Okay. What, what was? Let's not. I don't need any more. You're absolutely scushing this right now. That's four out of seven. Uh, and anyway, thanks to the crazy pony for sending it. And you can play along. Um, oh, there we are. I think because he's represented someone else at international level. Anyway, um, 
Send those questions in Full time at Clyde1.com That is what The Crazy Pony did And you can play along At home right now If you want Not including Republic of Ireland Who are the last Seven overseas players To be signed By a premiership club For a manager Who's a fellow Countryman Ayer Dyla Norway Alves Candias And Cardozo By Pedro Cachinha And his old pal uh, Three easy ones to get it just My favourite Pedro Cachinha story You've ever told Is easily The team talk The team talk uh, at yeah, Pataudry Oh my goodness You heard that one Roger Hanna mm-hmm. It just when he Plays the clip of 300 And rather than The Persian army It just pans over to Pataudry I love it Did you win the game? We did actually. Sure, Man's a genius. I think we did. I think we. I can't. Do you know what? I can't remember. Just imagine. What, right. What film could? What film could they do that with? Right. What sort of other famous landscape would there be? Would just over. And I'm just thinking. Sure, Kettlewell. If he wants any inspiration, and then it just suddenly pans around, and then it's Gordon DL's flat, mm-hmm. and then you just zoom in through the window and see him on his recline. No, we better not do that actually That's an entirely different type of video With a guy that broke in And the Japanese macaque monkey Exactly Listen How inspiring can we get Stuart Kettlewell If you're looking for any ideas We'll give you a shout 01419511025 There you are The producer says What about the Lion King? You know the scene in Simba like, What's that? <laughs> well he's a Lion King oh, yeah. Sorry What's Sorry. that over there? Sort of With thing Horizon and Then it just goes into Gordon Deal's flat I love it I love it Andy Haldane Somebody will photoshop that That'll be on Twitter later Yeah I would have thought so Andy Haldane's teammates Would be suitably inspired Well, that, By the way I'm sure I just got the answer For Kenny Miller Who's texted me saying Oh would you listen to him Three zip we won Oh yeah you would and, remember And I, remember, I know why he, he remembers Because he scored two ah, he's got, He definitely won. scored one I might have known Just you two Sitting watching 300 And then it turns into Pataudry oh, I wish there'd been A fly on the wall Anyway let's hear from Philippe Clement Get your calls in um, I did say it was a busy weekend I'm looking for fans Of all teams here Motherwell fans How did Andy Halliday do? That might be a good one Give us a call How are you feeling? Just now? Are you feeling like a guy Who hadn't started a game In nine months? Uh, do you know what? I felt a lot better Than I thought I would Saturday night I was I was toiling Saturday night But d- today mm-hmm. I feel alright I feel alright I am I thought I saw him stand up and stretch ah, during back, the back, break. My back, anyway. we touched tight, but it was more my cat, my calves were tight Saturday night. But I feel good. Good on you. Uh, any Motherwell fans, you can agree or disagree with that. Kilmarnock fans, I had a few of you tweeting me at the weekend. Come on, if you're feeling injustice about Corey and Dabba's red card, uh, feel free. And anything else out there, get in touch. Let's hear from Philippe Clement. We spoke just before. Uh, the the break there. Let's do transfers. The cards are quite close to the chest, but we'll give we'll give you his answer anyway. They may be close to signing Jeff Day and Oscar Cortez, but the manager says he's not heard anything on the matter. I'm a little bit too long in football uh, to respond to that. I will never respond on positions what we have been talking about. So I'm happy about Cyril what he's doing. I'm happy about Fabio what he's doing also, and we continue in that way. And I didn't hear uh, Niels or, or James or the chairman, so I didn't look at my phone also yet. If there's nothing signed with the player, I cannot say anything. We're going to see what we're going to do the next couple of days. On the game though, he felt Rangers are showing that they are improving, proving some doubters wrong after the 1-0 win made it three wins from three after the break. I said it after Hibs game was uh, it was advertisement for Scottish football and today was the opposite because of the circumstances so I'm not the guy who can control circumstances that's not my job so my job is to see that my team is ready for all the circumstances and uh, and they did today so I'm even more proud of them than after Hibs game to be honest because this is more difficult end of December beginning of January a few people in the club 
a few fans told me that that I had to watch out that this team are slow starters the second part of the season so we had a few tricky tricky games already and uh, and they did it in a good way so let's continue in that way and, and be switched on and not thinking that we're a machine those are things you can say after a season that it was a machine the moment you start to think you're a machine you will go down what did you make of the approach from Rangers at the weekend? I think the team line raised a few eyebrows, Andy, and I think Dujon Sterling played like left wing essentially, mm-hmm. and some interesting calls in there. Yeah, I, I was almost going over my head alternatives. Is it a back three? They put my wing backs. Is Raskin playing the number 10 with, with Dujon Sterling in centre mid? But, you know, it coincided with Dujon Sterling as a left winger, and it looks as if they trialled that in the, the friendly game against Hertha Berlin. And to be honest, I, I watched the game and didn't think it worked then, so I was surprised to see it. Uh, at the weekend but was that just because Philippe Clement expected a different type of game it was when they had to roll their sleeves up and, and dig in and, and do whatever they can to get the three points but I don't see Dujon Sterling's long term future on the wing that's for sure and again Rabbi Matondo was he available to play three games in a week after you know having a sustained mm-hmm. period out Seema being injured and all these other factors does, I'm not trying to be critical of these players or, or, the, or where they're being put but does this all actually just lead to more praise for the manager, Roger. I think even the most optimistic Rangers fans on here, they don't think the squad is brilliant. They don't think all these players are playing out their skin necessarily, but you can't really argue with the, the winning run at the moment and obviously the overall record out with the Celtic game. So is it, is this all actually just... Is this the manager that's squeezing everything out of what he's got at the moment? I think he probably has, to be perfectly honest with you. And Dujon Sterling's probably a good example. Dujon Sterling arrived last summer... Well, sort of decent pedigree from down south, you know, through the Chelsea Academy, etc. And he made no impact whatsoever under Michael Beale. And it was only really when Philippe Clement came to the club, he dropped him in. He was a key performer, I think, in the, the League Cup final win before Christmas. And he has gone in and fitted into different positions. You know, holding midfield player, wide and left at the weekend there. He's covered at times for Tavernier at right back. And Philippe Clement's probably the best out of him. And you could probably say that about a few players. You know, Scott Wright has been a peripheral player, but he would have been away in Turkey in the, you know, the end of August if he'd wanted to go. But Clement's probably got more out of him than he has out of, you know, than previous managers have either. So he is getting the most out of this group of players. But I think he feels he needs to add to that group of players because he might not be able to continue to get as much out of this group. Mm, yeah, 01419511025 if you want to get in touch. Right, you said it. You said your howler of the weekend. I put the plea out there, but no Kilmarnock fans have taken me up on it, which is fine. On the phone, certainly. Some on Twitter had a, a tweet from Amy who sent a clip of the the challenge and called it outra- or called the decision outrageous. I think Derek McInnes was very unhappy. It was a VAR intervention and Corian Daba was given a straight red card. You two are both, I think, in the camp that it was a bad decision. Yeah, for me, yeah. But I don't think it's a red card. I think Corian Daba's went into a challenge that he knows he's probably going to overstretch, mm. but confident enough that he can win the ball. He wins the ball, it's unfortunate, and he's followed through that he catches, uh, was it Tavares yep. in, the, uh, in the ankle? But when you actually watch it back, I don't think it's that high. I think half his studs actually catch Tavares' foot, and the other half are on the ankle. For me, there's no way that that should be... Well, it was Grant Oven that should be, should be sent to the monitor to have you're, a second look at that. You're both in agreement, so I'll have to play the bad guy, which I'm just doing out of performative, performative reasons, because I said in the weekend that Corey and Daba 
Uh, he's got the best teeth in Scottish football because I keep meeting him in the gym and we gave him the big build-up. We gave him that much-wanted accolade and then he goes and gets sent off, Roger. Is there a case to say that the control element is lost when a player has two feet off the ground? The, war, the, the ruling... And this is where you've always got sympathy for players and even refs because they've all, they ultimately got this rule book that you have to try and interpret. There, there, there is... No, no two two challenges are the same, Gordon. So we can't just say, oh, he's lost control, both feet are off the ground. You know yourself. Mm. You look at it, and it's the eye test, if you like. But that would be I, that I, would be I, a probably that probably in the referee's head is a kind of the checklist. If you're trying to establish when someone is or isn't in control, if they don't have any of their feet on the ground, it might be how, how could you control it? I think would mm. maybe be the. But it doesn't jump two feet off the ground. He still slides. Mm, I'm not sure about no, that. No, I don't. He doesn't jump. It's not like a two foot jump and he, he, he lunges into the tackle and overextends. Right, see, this is the thing, right? Because again, and I'm doing, I'm partly doing this for the argument purposes, right? But this is where interpretation is so important. Because whether I actually think that's a red or not, I think that is undeniably a lunge. I think that's the dictionary definition of what my point is he's not lunged in with two feet and came off the ground with his two feet that's that's my point oh sure but I think oh, I'm not he lunges that. in the extent that he, he's overextending because he feels like he has to to win the ball which he does but then again on his follow through my, my point is I don't think it's I don't think it's that high looking at it from a different angle as well the fact that we're debating it like this on Monday night was it a clear and exactly. obvious error? and that's the thing we'll always have to come back to isn't it and that it makes you wonder there's, there's a so few, many I, of these I didn't, and this is the only VAR complaint I've got at the weekend and I don't complain about VAR nearly as much as my learned colleague here the only complaint I've got is I didn't think it was a the Corey and Davis challenge was a clear and obvious error fair I didn't think Bojan Miofsky's collision with Benny Beringami was a clear and obvious really? error really that one I'm interested in how I is that not a foul no I didn't say it wasn't a foul I said it wasn't a clear and obvious error in my in my opinion I thought it was just a sort of coming together of the two of them. Beningame gets down. Bojan flashes the shot into the back of the net. I'm I, I didn't oh, think it was I, a clear no base either. I disagree with that one. I'm, I'm going to fling a third in there. I think Dundee's third should be ruled out. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. I think it's a push on the back of James. Oh, yeah. I just hadn't got to that. Oh, what do you think Roger. about Miofsky? This is weird that we're agreeing with you. Your former Hearts player, though, let's see where your loyalty is lying. with the Miofsky one. Do you? I think it's a foul. I'm amazed at that. I think it's a foul in my opinion but I don't think it's a clear novice error either because I do think it's a complete innocuous coming together again that is a foul but is that uh, okay, you know, is Kevin Clancy wrong in initially not giving a foul for that yes I think that would be the answer like because mm -hmm. innocuous I've innocuous fouls no doesn't even again I know that doesn't uh, mean anything but Alex Cochran does is he just doing his arm I'm, I'm not going to complain about VAR but I would prefer <laughs> I would prefer VAR if VAR came out and mm. said, here's what we're doing, lads, we're going to re-referee the game. Yeah, I get that. I, I see this nonsense about agree. clear and obvious, but we'll only pick up clear and obvious errors. No. Is that no, what I completely agree. For the, me, that's what it's there for. And I think we've clearly, made, I think you've made a good case on the on the Indaba one, but is it, see, the, as annoying as it is, is the Aberdeen one not really straightforward? When Miofsky fills Beningame, and if he doesn't, then Beningame's got a chance to stop the, the cross coming in. Nah, I get it. Again, really I, quite simple. For me, I just I, I didn't feel it was a clear and obvious error. But I always, I, I, again, you can't interpret these ways. But if Miofsky falls, is that a foul on Miofsky? Even though it's because it's an accidental coming together. So what if Miofsky trips? Yeah, but we need to get away from this notion of what's an accident and what's not. It's not been relevant for a long time. That. 
And I know, but that's in my, that's the way I, that's my, what I'm using as my barometer. Is the, <laughs> Uh, the clear and the obviousness clear and of it yeah. right okay uh, anyway it sounds like a good time to take a breather and you can get your calls in right now number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here 0141 still time to squeeze some calls in we've got a question sent in for the guys tonight and it's tough I really like it though not including Republic of Ireland who are the last seven overseas players to be signed by a Premiership club for a manager who's a fellow countryman? I know it sounds a lot, but when you start thinking, Pedro Cachinha had three, Alves, Candeas, Cardoso, Ronnie Dyla signed Christopher Ayer, which means you've got three to get. I must admit, two of them are... One's disgracefully hard. Oh, the other one, very hard. And there's, only, there's only one I think you can get. What actually. about Aaron Moy? Yeah, he's the one I thought... Yeah. After that, I really are we? Are we? I mean, is it a hard one? Yes. Oh, I mean, so you're going back to no. Paulo Sergio time? No, honestly, I can't. I, can't I thought see. this was Celtic Rangers. That's why I wrote that. Oh, <laughs> is that a Daniel Stendel signing? Yeah. If you get this, I'll be. I mean, you Where's always impress from? me. Stendel was German, was he not? I think so. Oof, no, I'm out then. I thought he was Austrian. Was he not? Yeah, I thought he was. I, I was between the two. Let me. Were you at half after Stendel? No, he's German. Yeah, German at heart. Really tough that one. Oh, yeah, really tough. What? Really tough. I have no clue. I, I thought obviously he's got. Oh, oh, clearly he's long gone. That's German. Oh, I don't even know. I don't even remember oh. him being there. The other one's Kumarnik. Oh, Alessio Ale- signed him. Yeah, Alessio. Uh, by the oh, way, it's on the tip of my tongue. By the way, if you can produce this, nah, if you've took it, on you go. That is. Is it Dario Del Fabro? It is Dario is, Del yeah. Fabro. Well done, right? One, it was on the tip of my tongue. As one well. to get. We'll try and get back to a couple of bits of business today. Your former club, uh, Jan Danda, on a pre-contract from Ross County. Andy Halliday, what do you make of that? Good business. Really good business. Smart business. Um, and again, link with James Penrice is another one that I think would be, be very good business to get over the line. Jan Danda has been Ross County standout player ever since sort of Charles Cook left uh, for for ventures in Belgium. I think this season he's been a standout player, uh, and obviously a pre-contract in the summer. I thought it was a no-brainer, especially after his twenty-five-yard free kick into the top mm. corner at Tynecastle. So it just made sense. You like that one, Roger? Link strongly with Scott Fraser at Charlton yeah. as well. Um, be interesting to see w- what happens, whether any of that business can be done prior to the deadline, and whether Stephen Naismith's just happy to get them in pre-contracts and you know bring them over to the club in the summer. Um, will he get the iconic number sixteen jersey mm, at Tynecastle next summer? And any time, well, you were joking earlier on about you know getting the holiday wage bill off the Tynecastle accounts. Any time there's sizable outlays even if it's in pre-contract it makes you wonder about where the money's coming from will there be a bid for Lord Shankland before the window we nearly, did it. we nearly did it we made it to 10 to 8 without floating the question oh, great goal at the weekend it was that's why I got my goal at the weekend but I was also thinking on the re- the, the lines of James Pettinrice when they've got Alex Cochran and Stephen Kingsley already as left backs right. what does that mean for Alex Cochran the rumours that we've seen this week rumours well? about him Mm-hmm. Could it be interesting um, Let's take a look at some of the, the picture Closer to the bottom of the league And here are some very honest As always comments from Davy Martindale You'll want to listen to this though Because it's not often we hear managers being so 
kind of open with how they feel he was emotional after the game but he said today that he's, he's now he's adamant no intention of quitting because he doesn't believe a change of manager is what's required my underlying emotion at that point in time after that game is I would do anything anything if I had the concrete knowledge that it would keep Livingston in the Premier League now obviously none of us have got that none of us have got that foresight you've seen teams change managers they still get relegated you've seen teams keep their managers they still get relegated you see teams keep their managers and they manage to stay up so there's all these underlying thoughts and underlying emotions going through my head after the game but I always try to be honest so after the game I would have at that moment in time I'd have done anything anything to keep Livingston in the Premier League. You go back, you sit, you speak to the players, you speak to the staff in the changing room, in the office. I jumped back in my car and as soon as I go back in that car, I was ready to go again. I came in yesterday, I'm ready to go again. I'm going to come out swinging, we're going to keep fighting. And up until match day 38, we're going to be sitting here and we're going to be fighting as a club because that's where we are and that's what I'm all about. I'm not about jumping ship. I think personally I'd feel like a bit of a coward if I was to up sticks and leave and leave the staff and the players that I brought into this club. I speak about the collective and we're all in it together. What would that say about my character and my personality if I was just to up sticks and leave? I think what says more about his character is the comment he made a couple of weeks ago about not being able to afford players of Andy Halliday's quality. I must admit, Roger, we'll, well. Leave, we'll leave him out of it because it'll be too awkward for him, but you and I can have good fun on it. Um... I heard an interview driving home Saturday and he you know, he was talking about you know, really thinking about it but you no, know, he's back, he's bullish, he's going to come out swinging he says for a lot of people Livy are gone already do you subscribe to that or do you have faith that they can surprise you once again? Tomorrow night at home to Ross County is Livingston's biggest game since they played in the League Cup final um, they have an opportunity tomorrow night to close the gap in Ross County to three points and at that stage it would be game on in terms of survival if they draw the game, you think six points is is difficult to get back to that, even to that relegation playoff place, let alone St. Johnson and Motherwell above that. If they lose tomorrow night and go nine points behind Ross County, I feel the game might be up for Livingston. It's an interesting picture at the bottom, Andy. You and your teammates are nowhere near as far away from it as you would like. How did you find the weekend? I think by all accounts, everyone connected with it, even... The, the game St Johnston thought Motherwell probably should have won it is that fair is that encouraging or is that extra frustrating a bit of both because I thought the performance levels were certainly there I think individually and collectively I thought it was a good performance played really well I think no, the majority of the first half certainly was played in, in St Johnson's half and then I think even better chances for us in terms of the second half Harry Payton obviously has a couple of great chances towards the end of the game deal bear in the first half but obviously frustrating when you put that much effort and what we feel was a good quality performance into the game to not take away three points, especially when you know that has been something that we've not done enough of recently. But on the flip side, that's four unbeaten now, obviously since the turn of the winter break, starting off with the, the cup win against Al at the weekend and then a point away at McDermott Park. Is that is it at that stage of the season now? Because everybody gives us that cliche about we just focus on ourselves. You'll be keeping a very close eye on what happens in that game that Roger mentions tomorrow to see what the knock-on effects are. Well, first and foremost, 100% concentrating yourself because I know it is the cliche answer, but it's true. If you win three points at the weekend, then ultimately your position at the table will take care of itself. But, of course, not only am I an avid fan of Scottish football, 
but when it's two teams that are sort of round about your area, you're going to watch it with, with added interest. So, you know, going into the game tomorrow, I think it's two teams that have had difficult moments recently. I think Livingston, it's very hard to say that a team is hard done by when they lose 4-1 at home. But I think Livingston's performance wasn't a 4-1 defeat performance. Again, you know, Davey lamented the terms of individual errors ultimately costing them. But also, the start that you, you brought up at the start of the show in terms of missed penalties... I'd be amazed if anyone's missed more penalties in living since, since the start of the season. Blight Celtic up. must be close. Well, they're getting there, I think. Let's park that for the moment because we're almost out of time. We are asking these two. Can you name seven players, not including from the Republic of Ireland, who are overseas players being signed by a Premiership club in Scotland for a manager who's a fellow countryman? I know it sounds a lot, but Christopher Iyer was signed by Ronnie Dyla. Alves Candeas Cardoso by Cachinha. Dario Del Fabro was signed by Angelo Alessio. There are two really tricky ones. That's one of them, as is the remaining one. The German at heart signed yeah. by Daniel Sendo. I, oh. I'm out. I don't have that much on him, I must admit. I'm out. This is the Hanarak. No. Position. Name. Shares a surname with a famous German golfer. That's about all I've got. Langer. Johnny Langer. <laughs> so we now know the guy's surname and we still can't get it. Exactly. I'm going to go Marcus Marcel Marcel is it? <laughs> Great shout from you Andy Halliday Well done Thank you to Andy Halliday And Roger Hanna uh, But really it's all about Thanking you Thanks for listening For calling and tweeting Keeping us company We always appreciate it And we are back tomorrow At 6 Gordon DL Kenny Miller Big night in the Premiership And we're getting much closer To the end of that transfer window So make sure you join us At 6 o'clock tomorrow Have a good night And Callum Gallagher is up next